0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is your man, G.I. And
1: it is Lisa Lou. How yeah. y'all doing? We back. Episode Again.
0: three. Yeah. We're back in here. Um, Medium's podcast, man. Um, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed it so far. I know you've enjoyed it so far. Not hopefully, um, because... It's
1: guaranteed, because...
0: Yeah, I mean... We've been having some good conversations so far about kind of the artist... Well, well, what we're going to get into today is about the artist process, but we've been kind of digging into kind of the mind of kind of us and introducing right. what we do and what the podcast is going to be about um, and let me just say this before we get too far into today's topic I have loved the feedback that we've been getting so far on social media it has been wonderful to see people excited about things that we've had as our brainchild and just kind of been offering out there and people have been really dope and receptive and excited to hear about it so I think that's been cool
1: yeah that definitely has been um look. Same kind of goes for me. I've really loved the feedback and pretty much like really, again, like the excitement behind everything and um, things like that. So I'm excited for more episodes. I'm pretty sure folks are excited for more episodes because, you know, I go back and listen to them and I think that they're uh,
0: they're (laughs) they're pretty funny. (laughs) Let's say this. This is one of the few times in my life thus far that I've gone back to listen to me. Um, and not felt cringy listening to myself.
1: Yeah, I still have my voice. I'm still getting used mm-hmm. to my voice, but I was delighted in how hilarious I am.
0: Kind
1: of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. But I will say I that very funny. To that to my that dream story. about black poems and white supremacists. that literally did, was I laughed like, every made time me I laugh. listened back to that. Yeah, yeah. That made so me if laugh you have, if lot. you
0: have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> listen right to now, episode one. Episode one um, about.
1: Black having, poems.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, we were purposes. talking about dreams, uh, <laughs> w- whether or not you have dreams of like your art or doing performing your art. Well, it was more so: do you get inspiration in your dreams and then wake up finding yourself trying to repeat that stuff? That's something that I do. Like I'll have a dream of something and then like, and I'll wake up in the um, after either in the middle of the night or later that next morning. And have forgotten half of what had happened. But you had a great story about uh, white supremacists in
1: your dreams. Black poems. Yeah, Black poems and white supremacists.
0: Yeah. So definitely go back and listen to that clip. There's a clip of it somewhere out there on social media. I think it's on our our Facebook and our Instagram. Yeah. Um, So Facebook and Instagram. Let me correct something that I said on the previous uh, broadcast. Um, So let me be honest about what happened with this. All right. So I had set up all the social media for everything except for our Twitter. Right. And so I was X. like, oh, I'm just going to go and set it up and be the exact same. Twitter apparently was like, nah, that's not going to happen because Medium's the podcast.
1: Too many letters.
0: Too many characters for a handle. So if you went out there looking for Medium's the podcast on Twitter, it's not a thing. It's just Medium's podcast. Um, so that being said, our social media is out there. Um, you can find us on Twitter at mediumspodcast. You can email us at MediumsPodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. But if you're looking for us on Facebook and Instagram, it's Mediums the podcast. So Facebook Mediums colon the podcast, Instagram Mediums the podcast, all one word. So I apologize if you listened to the first two episodes and I was just saying it wrong, Um, and then I realized later, like when I went and tried to set it up, that it was wrong. So
1: he was just lying.
0: Yeah. Well, so lies. I wasn't lying per se. I was just um, I was presumptuous in my ability. To handle something that I had. Oh, look previously. at that!
1: Handle, yeah. no pun intended.
0: Yeah, uh, that was good. I didn't even <laughs> like. I didn't catch that until after I had said it, because you know, until I said yeah, it. <laughs> right? Until you said that, and I. Anyway. Um. So yes, I, I was a little presumptuous. Presumptuous. That could be my word instead of tangentially.
1: Today. Oh my God, he was really gonna try to fit that in
0: it's hard as. I mean, I did. wasn't gonna Ooh. try to fit tangentially in yeah, there. Yeah, he was. No, he was really trying. I wasn't. Really I was just. Okay. Anyway, that's not. This we all. So uh,
1: yeah. So we're gonna talk about the process today <laughs> because we don't want to have any more words of the days from G.I. Okay. So, so the artistic process and. Uh, As we start bringing, you know, guests into the studio with us Mm -hmm. to talk to them, we are definitely going to be having conversations about what their process is in terms of creating their art. For sure. So to kind of kick that off. Right. We're going to talk about our process, maybe the process in general. Right. Um, So, yeah.
0: So we we did talk about this a little bit on previous episodes. Uh, Episode one, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah, we kind
1: of skirted around it a little bit.
0: We kind of dove into it on a tangent um but i'm sorry i can't
1: y'all 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 just don't know
0: i can't help y'all just don't
1: know i can't help
0: it all right (laughs) so don't ask me to do things that i can't help or to not do things that i can't help it's just it's a losing proposition great anyway process let's talk process yeah so all right so what's your process for creation so every artist regardless of what their medium is has some sort of Thing that they do routinely. Now, you can break that routine, but there are certain things that you just kind of traditionally do that help you create your art, right? Um, well, I won't say that. Some people don't actually have a traditional thing. Yeah, they just I was going to say, yeah. I'm
1: totally going to bomb on that because I am I am one of those people, so many people, and I like to share this because so many people ask me all the time, yeah. like, how do you go about writing a poem? How do you... um. What's your process for writing a poem? You know, do you have a special room? Do you have a special place that you need to go to to create? And the answer is um, disappointingly no.
0: Do you watch um, Sherlock Holmes at all?
1: No. Nah. On Netflix?
0: Yeah, there's the one on Netflix. That's from the BBC. Um, with yeah, no, nah, my homeboy and...
1: was like really trying to get me on that because he was like, you think it's, and I don't like British TV.
0: Well, so this is really good. The only reason I mentioned that Is because in the show, he has a thing he does where he calls it his mind palace that helps him to like go back and think through things. And I kind of think about that in like an artist. So it's not necessarily a physical place or like he can literally transform his mind into that space wherever he is. So he goes into what he calls his mind palace and he blocks out everything else going on around him to try to think through what may have happened in a particular room that led to the scene that's going on right there. So that's what I kind of liken to an artist creative space in their mind is the mind mm-hmm. palace. I don't know if everybody has a mind palace I don't particularly think I have a mind palace but no anyway but, I mean I don't you.
1: know so, if I have a mind palace yeah
0: I completely interrupted you though so yeah that you was did. super rude rude, yeah.
1: rude. but yes yeah, so we I get that question a <laughs> lot <laughs> and like I said it is a disappointingly no um because I don't I don't have, like, a special room. I have an office at my house that I never write in. Mm. Um, I do a lot of crafts in there, but I don't typically do any writing in there. Do you,
0: like, be whipping butter in there?
1: Uh, no, butter gets whipped in the kitchen. Okay. So, yeah, I this got This is it.
0: not, like, a drug reference. No. For you don't know. Listen. No, I'm
1: not selling <laughs> a drug called butter. No. Nah. I'm not. I yeah. mean, it is addictive, but that is for another day. Um, But, yeah, so... My process is kind of like, so it it really changes. I don't have any set thing. Um, sometimes I, so for instance, right now, I'm in the process of, <laughs> process. I am in the, sorry,
0: I am in the oh, process right.
1: of writing a piece. Yeah. And. Right now I am experiencing what some may call writer's block. Mm-hmm. I do not subscribe to that because I try not to hold on to that so that I don't get stuck in this space of like I'm just not creating. So um but I am in this place where I'm not writing as much as I would like to. And part of my process that I've learned especially when I am coming out of that space where I'm getting back in the groove of writing more frequently is I will just gnaw on a line. So a line will pop into my head. I, I
0: thought you were about to say like gnaw on a pencil or a pen. I thought nah, was, okay. Nah.
1: Yeah. Um, so a line will pop into my head and I will just chew on that for a while. And it's like kind of like I can feel something brewing. So, like for instance, right now, I'm working on a poem. Um, That's maybe going to be called Set Fire. I don't know yet. I haven't decided what I'm going to call it. But I have this line that, uh, like this little stanza that's kind of like just keeps playing repeat in my head about me, like playing with matches when I was a kid. Hmm. And it was like I used to I used to light matches and I just said like light it, watch it burn, blow it out, Hmm. light it, watch it burn, blow it out. And I didn't realize and it kind of like in my head, it's like I didn't realize then, but I was setting my soul up to be ready to let go of things that I wasn't supposed to hold on to, burn bridges mm-hmm. that were never supposed to be built.
0: That's real deep right there, actually.
1: I mean, I know. See, I be writing. That's I be great. writing when I can write. So right now I'm just kind of in the processes where I'm just going over that line over and over and over. Because sometimes I will get a line that's so dope. and I And I don't say that humbly. Sometimes I write some shit that I'm like, yo, that is fire. And I never can match it. Yeah. Like I just set it like that bar is right there. And I'm like, I can't write nothing that's going to match how dope this line is. So that's kind of that's one of the things that I do. Another thing that I'll do is like when I did my last album, one of the very this was the first time I ever did this where I wrote a title for a poem. And I just said, I want this to be the title and this is what I want it to be about. And then I decided to write a poem about that. It is very rare that I do that because a lot of like I've said um, in previous episodes where a lot of my stuff is autobiographical. So it's very experience related Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like when it comes, it comes. Mm. So.
0: So what was it? Why? Why in that scenario? Was that like a commission piece or
1: um, it wasn't commissioned, but. When I set up to do the album, when I went into the meeting with uh, my producer, Tavars, um, when I went in there, I had no clue what Free Write Confessions was going to look like. Mm. Um, I didn't. I'm. I didn't even have a title. I knew what I wanted it to feel like, but I didn't have any idea where it was going to go. I had no idea how many poems were going to be on it. I knew that there were like three poems that I knew for sure were going to be on that album just because I knew I wanted them. And um, so after that, when I left, I was just very inspired and this was the, and I knew that this is the feel I want. Mm. Like this is what I'm going for with this project. So I just started writing titles and being like, okay, like I want, I know I want like, and like kind of, so I know I need a poem that I want a poem that appeases right. to ladies. Gotcha, you know gotcha. what I'm saying? So I knew inbox was that poem. And um, like I, and then there were some that I wrote down that I never got around to making myself right. Like I wanted a poem on there called black girl magic. Hmm. And I even like started that piece out. And that again, it was kind of like um, gnawing on a line for a few days and time, time constraints are where what they were for the deadlines and stuff. So I didn't have time to write it and it wasn't a poem that I wanted to rush or whatever, but that's kind of how I went about it. And that was very new for me because I've never really sat down with the intention to write. Cause I'm always afraid that when you force stuff, right, for you sure. get shit. Yeah. Like if you try to force it out, like, like they tell you, don't be trying to go to the bathroom, don't be pushing, because you get hemorrhoids. Like hemorrhoids exist in creation, yeah. because I know a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I just needed to get this poem." All I can tell yeah. that you forced that because yeah. it sounds like garbage.
0: Yeah, I had to, I had to change my creative process completely um, because I did feel like I was forcing a lot of music. Right, so like I would go and um, I'm, I'm actually close to the opposite. Um, When it comes to the way that I create, which is I usually start out with an intent of like, I want to write something about this um, or I'll come up with a concept and then I'll try to craft around that concept. It's rare that I just come up with random um, stuff. Yeah, I I don't just have like a verse. Do
1: you ever feel like that like inhibits you?
0: I do sometimes feel like it's an inhibiting thing. But I also know and this is why I said I had to change my process, because what I would normally do is. I'd come up with a concept, and then I'd write something, and whatever came to my mind first, that's what I would stick with, and I wouldn't allow myself to get off of that thought. Um, and what I've had to learn to allow myself to do is rewrite. And I don't rewrite a lot. I might rewrite a line yeah, or me rearrange, but um, I've had to allow myself to say, "You can, you can execute this better, and just go back and say, all right, let's deconstruct this entire thing and figure out a better way to approach it, or find the pieces of it that work well, and and tie this back in somewhere like so. I've allowed myself to reconstruct songs now.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to work on that more as well. Like and try to hit the mindset of like a piece is never finished. Mm-hmm. It's just on pause type shit. Something philosoph- <laughs> philosophical or something like that. um But yeah, like I have that problem too. Where I'll say I want this to open the poem. Like I want this line to open the poem and. And it can be that like it could be like that really dope line. I'm like, I know this is the opener because this is gonna be the thing that catches them. And like, but I'm not writing anything else. Like nothing else is coming out. Mm -hmm. How can I build this up? So I've I've been trying to get better at that. And I've been one of the things that I do to try to kind of spark that a little bit is I started doing like trying to do more writing prompts because that'll push me to kind of get out of my element a little bit, just a little bit Mm -hmm. to where. Yeah, um, typically uh, and commission pieces help me with that as well, like to really have to change my process because the creative process. And this is one of the things that I definitely want to ask some of the um, guests that we have come in here in terms of how they attack like a uh, something that they're doing for themselves mm-hmm. versus something that someone has paid them to do. Right. Because the way that I like the process that I take on for doing my own poetry and writing poems for myself or writing music for myself, whatever I'm writing for myself is very different than when somebody has hired me to write because I don't necessarily have a connection with that thing. So the emotional process that I would go through to prepare like my, and this is going to might sound corny, but to prepare my spirit to go to the places that I need to go to write the pieces that I'm going to write because they are very personal is very different than having to, write something for someone else, but I want it to be just as authentic. Yeah. So it's very, that process for me is very different in itself. And I, and I know I've talked to you about it numerous times where I'm like this, I just don't like this. Like it just doesn't sound good. And that's what and where I've sent you stuff and I'd be like, how does this sound? Because I just, and that's part of my process too, is definitely getting feedback from other people, which is very difficult.
0: Yeah. And that's, so let, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to segue us, um, Really quickly, I want to come back to this thought, and I want to bridge over into some some other stuff here in a minute. So, um, if you if you're tuning in and like for whatever reason um, you don't know what you're listening to, I don't know how you could possibly do that. This is Mediums the podcast. It's Gi and Lissa Lou here talking about it. I want to. um, I'm actually going to throw you a curveball right quick. I want to talk about the Mediums moment right now. All right. Who? Yeah. Super curveball. Yeah. Curveball. We're going to do the Mediums moment really quickly, only because um, what you said. Right then, made me think of a dope thing that this artist does. And I'm going to actually throw a complete curveball. And I want to talk about Ted Weller here for a second. Awesome. Because you said something about writing prompts. And we mentioned him earlier about an, an um, event that he does, which is yeah. written. And that entire thing is about artists um, getting prompts mm-hmm. and using that to uh, create art on the fly. So right. just, let's just take this real brief minute in the middle of this to talk about Ted Weller with our mediums moment. Um, you want to talk about him a little bit? You have I mean,
1: we. You to I think. mean, we both because we yeah, both know my, him very well. Yeah, right. yeah, So
0: his na- real name, Al Elliott. Yes. Um, so
1: Birmingham.
0: Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. Elocation Labs is the name of his company that he has. Um, he has a lot of really dope things that he's doing. We already mentioned the event; it is written that has gone out. I think like eight or nine times now.
1: Yeah, I think it's eight.
0: Um, but been a dope event. So definitely, um, stay in tune with him when he's got some. Other
1: and the coming. really cool thing about that is that the cool thing about It Was Written is he doesn't keep it to just writing because he did the film making aspect of it and then the music video Mm -hmm. that he did. So he tried really one of the things that one of the reasons I wanted to highlight him was because Ted really tries to Provide artists with a platform. Right. Whatever your medium of art is, he's trying to hook you up with an opportunity to display that. Yeah. So, but whether it be through film, because I know he has a lot of ties to um, a local film festival here, Sidewalk Film Festival. Right.
0: um One of his videos uh, was in Sidewalk.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, um, he hosts multiple open mics throughout the city. Like we said, he has his own events. Uh
0: he's a, an actor. He does He does. Uh, he was he just been, in a
1: independent film recently. Yeah, he was
0: in an independent film. He's done a couple of stage plays here in the yes. city. He did um Fences. He was a uh, He played yeah, in Fences. Yeah. He did recently. Fences
1: and then he did um he played August Wilson in a one-man play. One-man play. play yeah. Uh the uh, something about learning
0: I don't I don't know. Yeah, we can but, look it up. Yeah, um, we'll have to look it up. But yeah, so definitely, um, if you haven't had an opportunity to connect with Ed, um, one of the things that we appreciate about him is like um has already said, his willingness to connect other artists and help them to flourish in whatever the medium they have. It's not really just about him, it's about opening platforms for other artists to be able to do their things. Um and I appreciate And
1: to that. make sure that one of the things that he really pushes is to get arts in the city funded. Yes, that there should be no reason why, why this event can get funding, but artists like events highlighting local artists can't get funding. So that's really wants to do because he really feels like people should be able to, to get eat to eat and yeah. live off of their art. For there sure. should it shouldn't be this. Oh, I would like to be an artist, but I don't want to be a starving artist. He's right. like, why? Why does he even have to? Why does that have to be an option? Right. Well, um, so that is definitely one of the things that. Like, man, that manager and I mean community artist, he's educator. I know he's definitely trying to open a space, um, a growlery that provide right. again, provides
0: space for artists to be able to create and just right. come together and, and right. get a, a mental break to come and create their own art, whatever that art is. Um he's an MC. He had an album released recently called Hustling Backwards, actually spelled the word hustling backwards if you're looking for that. Um not look up hustling backwards. It's a little difficult. I know that sounds really weird. But anyway, it's like
1: G G N N I
0: L T G S U H. Close enough. Anyway, yes. <laughs> hustling backwards is his name of the Thed Weller. Um so yeah. yeah, you can look that up. Um so he's an MC, a poet, a host, an actor. Super advocate for uh, art in the city, uh, for local artists all over the country. Actually,
1: educator. He's spoken at TEDx. He's done TED talks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's just all like he's all over it. But he's amazing and super talented, super creative. Um. And like we said, he definitely believes in arts in the city and believes in the talent in the city and wants to create platforms for that talent and for that art. And for us to get paid off of it.
0: Yep. So that's it. Medium's moment right there. Al Elliott, AKA Thed Weller. Y'all go look the man up on, um, uh, Allocation Labs again is the name of his company. So hopefully you'll uh, get an opportunity to interact with him soon. All right, cool. Now let's get back into our conversation. I know I took, took us on a segue there because no, it's the, all good. Um, you said the word prompts and it immediately made me think of that. Um, so, all right. So we were talking about kind of the process and asking artists how they create, I want to ask you in in the the realm of process, um, is it different? You you ask, is it different when uh, people are creating for themselves versus when they are creating for something that they're being commissioned to do?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Which I, I know some artists that's, the, the majority of their work is commissioned work. Like right. They don't really ever necessarily create their own anymore. Like once they got into the monetization of it, it was really just all about, and that's a difficult thing for artists It's like, you trying know, to figure out how to like eat off of your art without having to like just sell. Your, and that's the
1: thing, like a prime example of people that I look at and I'd be like, damn, like, how does that feel? And I have a couple friends, but are like tattoo artists. Mm. And I definitely want to bring. I've been talking to my homeboy. He's my uh, my tattoo. He we've been friends since college. He's my tattoo artist. He lives in Atlanta. And I was like, hey, we. I really want you to come. But um, like tattoo artists, you get people that come in. Like you're a legitimate artist. You can draw. Right. You can paint. Like I know a lot of art, even local artists here that. They're tattoo artists, but they are actual artists. They yeah. do painting, they do graphic design, they do all kind of stuff. And you get people that come in that have, and I, and I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on people for this, but that come in like, and have no respect for your real talent right. that will come in with, Hey, I found this picture on the internet, do this for me. Right. And I don't want you to put your own touch or anything on it. I just want you to copy and paste this onto my body. And I always, and I always wonder like how, like I always look at tattoo artists and be like, do you ever be like, damn, this is not really what I was like hoping for, but it makes me really good money. So this is what I do.
0: I think about that a lot with, like, people who do video. Like, how often are they actually allowed to create? Right. Or like, where you just, didn't
1: come and be like, hey, I just want strippers and dollar bills. Right. And, yeah. and does it guns? frustrate
0: you because it's like, you know, you got to make money. And usually, you're not even because you're not allowed to create, you're not allowed to charge a lot because it's really just do what I want you to do, cut this stuff up and send it back to me. Like, does that restrict your art? And do you feel as if you don't have the opportunity to be the full creator that you want to
1: be? Right. So,
0: yeah, it's that's difficult. Um, so that's gonna be a, a a dope conversation I think to have with different artists about their process as well as kind of how they feel about the monetization of their art
1: right because I know like and I'm like and this I mean this might be shooting myself in the foot because I do I you know i I make pretty good money doing commission work and but I but I gotta say like that process is very it's very mentally taxing and yeah. it's and it's creatively draining just for the simple fact that I want the only way that I can really give you what you want is if you let me do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And people will come to me and be like, "Oh, I want a poem about this like this." And I, and I have to tell them like upfront like, "You give me give me your idea." but that's like the extent of all you can give me. Like right. you, I, you I gotta have
0: to trust me. I, to, yeah. To, you need to make like me because you, you came to me for a reason. Right. You,
1: yeah. you liked my work enough to be like, Hey, I want you to do this thing. Yeah. And if there are core things that you want in it, okay, give me those core things. But outside of that, just let me kind of do me because if you put me in a box and I'll tell this in any like framework, if you set expectations for me, I will hit that ceiling. But if you don't, I will blow that ceiling out the water Yeah. because once you start limiting me, especially in this space where whether it's commissioned or not, this space is still very sacred for me and it's still very personal. It's still, and it's still something that I'm going to connect with. Like I've had poems and I remember um, this uh, girl commissioned me for a piece and she wanted to perform the poem. Hmm. And when I wrote the piece and when she commissioned, she never said that. She never told me that. And so she was like, Yeah, I was hoping I would be able to perform it. I was like, ah, no <laughs> So you're
0: not you're not ghostwriting. Now.
1: And you're I was nobody. like, Well, and that's the thing. If you would have let me know that, I think I would have prepared Yeah. Thing. And I would have I would prepared for myself. But it was one of those Right. And but it was one of those pieces where, okay, like our stories were kind of similar and I was able to get in a space because it was a very like very raw story that she had, but I was able to get into, into a space where I could get a little bit more emotionally free in it. So when she was like, "I want to perform it," I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Because at at some point you're gonna be like, nobody. Like I still feel like this is my poem, yeah, and. I don't know if you're gonna be able to give it justice. Like I'd give it justice, and I'd feel some kind of way about that. And I feel like maybe I talked to you about that situation. Yeah, we, we talked about it when it happened. And um, uh, and so yeah, like had she told me that up front, I would have actually, I would been been able to prepare myself for that. But then like I, when you told me after, I was like,
0: "Nah." Ain't. It's like giving away one of your kids. Like somebody kind of like, yeah you went through all this process to birth right. this, and you're like, um. So what I did like, tell Rumble's you still-skin. is like. Can I have that? It's like, no, this is. Yeah, it's I like Ruffle
1: Still skin. Like you didn't you didn't mention that at the beginning of the deal right. that I had to give you this thing. Right.
0: So, yeah, that, that does um, sound a little weird. I mean, so for me, commissions, um, they're like you said, they're, they're very limiting. But one thing I do find myself able to do in commissions is do things that I would never do if I were writing for myself. Like I will.
1: Like use the N word.
0: No. I mean, I I could if I were writing it for someone else to deliver, but I definitely do like more trendy stuff when I'm doing commissions just because it's like, okay, this ain't even for me. So I can do stuff that's not typical for me. Right. Um, And I don't feel like I'm bastardizing what I'm doing because somebody paid me to do this. But like you said, um, when it comes to it, like you really want them to just let you do you because right. again, you came to me for a reason i've I've literally turned people down that have said, "Hey, can you do something like this?" And I'm like, no, actually I can't so but I can recommend someone for you that can. yeah, I've had I've to do that as kids, well I've turned down commissions I've turned and I have no problem turning collaborations
1: down especially yeah like because for
0: sure because when people
1: people will hit me up and be like, yo, I want to collaborate with you on a song and first I have to tell them, yo, you know I'm not a singer right. Because my last name is Singer and everybody thinks I'm a singer. And then when they're drastically disappointed by that, and they were like, yeah, I want you to do poetry. Sure. But I was like, send me your music first. Correct. Because if, if it's not something... It. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily vibe. If, if it's not something I would even listen to, I'm yeah. not finna... Because at the end of the day, I still have to remember that poems are not creative or not, I'm still a brand. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain things that I don't want my brand to be associated with. I don't want my brand to represent or whatever. And so, um, so that's something that I definitely keep in mind in terms of like the monetization and the way that process works. But in terms of like my own, my own stuff, and then it's just trying to decide what to write about. That's usually like the hardest part really like, um, and kind of, Cause you don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're repeating yourself, you know, that you're writing about the same things. Cause I got into a space where people were just like, oh, she's a love poet. And I hated that. I hated being like labeled as that. So uh, I made it a mission kind of to start writing about other stuff and changing, changing. Another part of my process is I don't ever typically write about stuff in the moment. For the purpose of performing. Hmm. So if I know I want to perform a piece or something like that, I might write about something to um, just to feel better, like journal it. But in terms of actually like, Hey, this is going to be a poem. I'm very much of a for like, like, uh, like hindsight type person. Like I want to write about it. Cause if not, I'd have like a whole lot of like angry black woman poems. And, just poems that I feel are very like a lot of work that I be- I feel is very like surface level mm-hmm. versus me actually being able to digest what has happened to be able to go deeper. Or I might um, so that I can like like really be able to create a story behind it, because that's one of the things. Um, when I'm writing a piece, I I very much look at how it flows and like the climax and the fall of it because I want to take you on a ride with me. Yeah. I don't. I try very hard. I've I've listened to things, songs, um, poems, stuff like that, where I'm like, Yo, okay, we get it. You love them, <laughs> like because everything about it was just so monotone and like you stayed on the same wave yeah. the entire time. Like, oh, I love you like this. I love you like this. I love you like this. I love. I get it. We get it. And so I try very hard to be cognizant of that, to make sure that there's like ebbs and flows and you really feel like you're going on a journey and that from the start to the finish, you're like, okay, we started here. Then we went up this hill and then we went down in the valley and then we went back up this hill and then she tied it in a bow.
0: Yeah. So that's actually the, other. so uh, what what I want to kind of, pivot off of what you said was about writing in the moment right so that's actually the exact opposite for me is like I I never write in the moment and I feel like I need to in order to capture more emotion for my stuff because if I don't because I don't what I don't do is harbor emotion like I'll feel it in the moment and then it's, after gone. The moment it's, gone, it's gone like I completely divorce myself from that feeling and though even though I can remember it right but like I don't feel it the same way and I try my I try my best to never hold on to it because I don't need it anymore. And so if I don't use it, then it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to get myself into a place where I can either find a way in my creative process to kind of unearth that again um, or. That's why he's the brain. y'all. Yeah. That's or, why he's the Or brain. I can get into a place where I can actually start writing in the moment or where I'm feeling that emotion. Like. I I free write better in that, but I don't create music well in that space like I can just sit there and like type out usually um, (laughs) how I'm feeling about a particular thing in the moment
1: like so do you never like take your free rights and then try to chop them up into a song
0: the best I could do with that is go and talk about that topic but I can't turn those into lyrics
1: like you can't turn it back on I can't see and that's crazy because one of the first things that I learned so, like the other side of me writing is performing. Mm-hmm. And that process is totally different from, well, not really totally different, but that's a whole process in itself, we'll say, of me performing. And the first thing that I ever learned, and um, anybody who ever comes to me that asks me for tips as a performer, like as a performing poet, as a spoken word artist, the first thing, like, I will watch you perform. And like my home, my homegirl, Chantel, Mm -hmm. Hey, Miss Cooper, um, she came to me like when she first started doing spoken word and she was like, hey, like I've seen you perform. I really dig it. Can you give me pointers? And the first thing that I ever did is I went and I watched her and um, like and I just I watched her entire performance. And when she was finished and like and I felt really bad because there were people. This is my thing. There's always going to be people in the Mm -hmm. audience who are feeling what you're saying. Regardless, you could be reading off a piece of paper. Like you never wrote this thing, but they're going to feel what you, what you're saying. But, and so like she had a moment with a girl in the audience, definitely felt her and they had an emotional moment and everything like that. But when she came back in and I I told her, I remember I told her, I was like, I didn't believe you. Hmm. I said, I heard what you were saying but I didn't believe it at all. And I knew it was about her. I said, but the first thing that I ever learned when I started performing poetry was my mentor told me that when you get on that stage, you act like you are in the same moment that you were in when you decided to write about that thing. So that's why, and you saw me perform a few weeks ago at Birmingham Improv and I did a piece and I started crying. And that poem is probably at this point four years old. But every time I get on stage, I and this is why performing is so emotional for me and it's kind of taxing for me is because I feel everything I felt in that moment. So that poem is like talking about how like I watched I pretty much watched the love die between me and um, me and my ex And I remembered like every time I get on the stage and I perform that poem, I remembered what it felt like to lie next to somebody and feel a million miles away Mm. and to walk, to be in a house living together and for a week, not say 10 words to each other. Like every time I get on the stage, I am in that moment so that, and that's one of the parts of my process is to always, so that's why that line where it's like, um, Artists are constantly like reliving their wounds. So Mm -hmm. they never really get to heal. It's, it's very, for me, it's very true because every time I perform, that is always my goal. I need you to believe and feel every single word because I've gone through every single word that I've written.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, performing for me, not a problem like yeah. I have no problem being in the moment when I'm on stage because
1: I remember stuff. I remember you when you performed at the Lobotomix mm-hmm. show and it was like right after it was last year after uh the shooting at the Galleria mm. and I remember you got super emotional yeah and I was like damn like I felt that yeah and I felt it from a different place because like I know how you are on the regular very much brain yeah and, um, yeah,
0: I'm not emotionless. No, right?
1: I never, never said that, but <laughs> no, like I'm you said, saying, it just, can yeah. it can be gone yeah. like that quick. So, yeah, like that's yeah. definitely, I know that's definitely part of my process. That's why, if I don't feel like that, if I don't feel like I ever want to be that vulnerable in front of people, I will write something for myself and never perform it.
0: Hmm. I don't think I've ever done that. Well, I, other than, I mean, of course, like I said, just free writing stuff just right. to get, get it out. Um, but yeah, that's dope. Um, so, what I would like to do is I'd like to invite the artists out there to talk about their artist process with us on their social media. Um, So if you have some unique things that are about your artist process, hit us up on our Facebook page, because that's really where I want to continue this conversation um, on the Facebook Um, is. So go to the mediums podcast on Facebook. Um, If you're not following that page already, then you are definitely behind the eight ball. And let's talk a little bit about the artist process and just, you know, in the comments on this post, um, talk to us about some of the things that you do for your process and I'd love to hear because I think it's super interesting to just hear about all the things that Yeah, and
1: if do you do weird shit yeah. like
0: I wanna hear all put
1: on wet socks and wrap your head in a towel, like I so wanna hear about even, that even shit. the
0: performance stuff. So like um just Clinton Babers, right? So like he doesn't perform he, yeah, with shoes on. He doesn't on.
1: perform with shoes on. Yeah, like that's and like, he has to have candles.
0: Yeah. So like that's just a thing for him to get right. him into a space on stage. I think even
1: no, like I even saw him at the C four ball and he did not have
0: on shoes. Outside, like outdoors. <laughs> so, like it doesn't really matter like that's his thing he's going to get comfortable and that's the way that he feels in his space right right and so artists have a ton of different things that they can do to get themselves into that space so I want to hear about all of that stuff so if you've got it make sure you uh hit us up the mediums podcast on Facebook the mediums podcast on Facebook talk to us about your process
1: so So question for you yeah um like when you're recording Mm. and you because it's different when like you're in your like when you're there, you're creating, you're on your own. Does having somebody in your space alter anything for you? Nah,
0: no, not really. Just because um when I go in and I record, I pretty much block out everything except for the engineer's voice. Like, um I and I and I honestly don't let people in the studio with if there's not a purpose for you being there, I don't want you like I this is a thing I used to hate when I would go to the studio is other people in my session. So like, and that's one of the reasons why I stopped recording certain places. If you're hearing this right now and I don't record with you anymore, I might be talking about you and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I used to hate like someone who had a session booked before me and they would stick around in the session or they got something after me or they're just kind of there hanging. I used to hate that. And I'm like, yo, why are you here? Can't like, go. Like, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't fully care about your feedback about like, Oh yeah, that's dope, man. Uh, man, you should, who are you and why are you here? Like, I just don't need you in this space. Like, because you're not, that's not valuable to me. Right. Like, I just kind of, I have certain people who I trust their feedback from, even if I know you, like that just doesn't mean that I want you in my space while I'm recording. I might, I can let you hear it later after I'm done, but in the process of recording, like, I just, I hate that. I hate it. So, Vehemently, do not want people in my space. Look at
1: him look using hard. all these big words today. No, you
0: know, I just—I I read the dictionary when I read the dictionary a lot when I was younger. That's not a lie. That's a true story.
1: But I mean, that makes you a better writer. That's probably why
0: you I, are a better. But that writer. was my my dad used to make me read the dictionary. Is
1: that was that like your punishment?
0: It wasn't a punishment. He just wanted me to be adept at using words, adept. and so he, yeah, so <laughs> he he used to make me um like literally copy words out of the dictionary starting with a and just go in and I would have to copy the word the phonetic spelling the definition of that word
1: Can you spell well?
0: No. I'm terrible at spelling. That's because funny. because I have um I have a weird memory, right? And so in order to use the word I don't have to know how to spell it, right? And mm-hmm. so I would I would I focused more on word usage than I did on word on the spelling of the word. Mm -hmm. And then I got super lazy after autocorrect became a thing. And now I'm just like I don't care about learning how to spell anything as long as I know how to properly deploy the word and use it. I don't really care about how it's spelled. But yeah, terrible at spelling.
1: Now, do you think that that has helped you as a writer?
0: Absolutely, because it allows me to use different words that most people wouldn't use. Like when you, well, it it helps me more as a speaker than it does as a writer. Like as a writer, I definitely throw words in there.
1: I was just about to ask, cause do you ever, cause I know we've had a couple conversations where you feel like sometimes like you might like write something that you think is fire, but then it ends up going over somebody's head.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I had to stop focusing on that and just say to myself, I'm just going to say it the way I thought of it. And I'd be, I'm, I need to be okay with people not getting it. Um, because I think I lessen or I cheapen the, um, what I'm attempting to do with it. If I start to try to bend it around some other stuff. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, so um, in the recording space, hate people being in there. Um, I don't. How do I get over into the dictionary? I don't know
1: what. Big Just, words. What? I was. i made fun of you for oh. using big words. You
0: see, you made me chase a rabbit. Um. All right. Anyway, yeah. So, but what you recording? How did, How does that work with you?
1: Oh, it's pretty terrible because I'm not that good at it. But mm. <laughs> uh, recording is a very difficult process for me. Uh, anybody that. That and Thed can attest to this because he was a part of like a huge part of my recording process for the second album. I remember this story as well. But um, yeah, I actually enjoy having people in there with me because it gives me someone to talk to because it's not, it's different because it's my entire thing is performance. Mm. So when I don't have someone in there, um, because one of the things that I take pride in. Um, as, as a spoken word artist is that if you've ever come to see me, I get a lot of people that say um, you need to go see her because she's an experience. Hmm. So it's very hard for me to carry that energy if I don't have anybody to experience me. Yeah. So I kind of like having some, at least one person there, especially um, depending on what the topic of it was. Uh, so like when I was doing... Say when I was doing like more the more erotic poems, I didn't want anybody in there because I was weird. I didn't want to like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be like, like sexy talking to somebody. Yeah, it was kind of because I feel still feel a little bit of shame when I do those poems. So it's it's strange. But like if it was like a love poem or something like that. I definitely wanted somebody to be in there to kind of like catch that energy yeah. so that I could make sure that I was pulling, like pulling that from that emotion through my voice.
0: Yeah. I I, only, I really only want other creators or people who are involved in the actual process for that song in the, in the space when I'm doing it. Like again, the the, the engineer and I have a good rapport with the guy who I'm engineering with right now. Shout out to Akil Pratt. Um, and like my wife comes to the studio a lot just because I trust her ear about certain things. Um, but outside of that, if you're not going to actually be recording something for the song. And to the point where literally, like, if we're doing a song and you're on that song and I'm done recording that song and I'm moving on to another one, I'd be like, all right, I'll holler at you. Like, I just don't. Bye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Bye. Th- thank you. We're done. Um, right. And I'll just want them to leave just because I don't, I don't know. I just It's weird for me. It's super weird for me. Um, cause I think part of it, too, is like, until so I'm you ready don't... for someone well, to Well, my question
1: is, do you never, do you not feel... And I mean, and maybe your engineer can help with this, but one of the things that I enjoyed about another person being in there is because you get so tunnel visioned with your stuff Mm -hmm. that you don't, you don't always hear where you can improve it. No,
0: he is super like, that's the reason why I, I, there's, there are two things that I look for in an engineer, right? Is unfiltered feedback. Like that's terrible. You need to do this again. Or, Hey, we can get this better. And your ability to keep pace, like, because I, I kind of move quickly when I'm going through stuff. So like, as I'm, I'm doing it, I'm like, all right, we need to go here. This and like, And I'm just like going, right? Mm-hmm. So like keeping pace and giving me feedback. I don't want somebody just in there pushing buttons. Like I really want both of those things. And I've had one of the two things, like I know people who give really good feedback, but they're really slow moving while they're in there doing the recording. Like I don't need it to sound perfect right after I get through laying a line. I just need to get it out, right? Like, right. So, like, let's keep the process going. Um, so, there are people who are really good at that, um, and there are some people who can mix on the fly too, which is a whole different skill. Um, but usually, the people who are really good at working the board are not good at giving great feedback on the fly because they're people. not
1: necessarily paying attention. to Right. They're just that like, stuff. yeah,
0: that's cool. Like, I'm like, like, I don't need, I don't need you rubber stamping this. I need like, and and so again, it's it's a really difficult process for me to find someone who can do that well. Both of those things really well. And those are the things I really need um, when I'm in there actually in the moment recording stuff.
1: How do you do so kind of to wrap up the conversation about the process? How do you know when something's done?
0: Wow. Um, I don't know. Honestly, Um, I just know when I'm like, like, is it a it feels a certain way, though, for sure. Like when I hear it and it's so usually at the inception of, of something. That's the weird thing, and I actually was literally just having this conversation um, with my homeboy, B. Will, uh, who was like my fir- the first person I ever recorded with. Like, he was in the original group that I was in when I was younger, and we used to record at his crib all the time. And I kind of judge people off of him, unfortunately, because he used to just allow space for us to create, and he would be very meticulous about the way it would sound. Um, but he would also um, just allow us to keep a good pace, because it was a group of us, so we like we had a lot of people we had to churn through there. Um, but. I was talking to him about how I've gotten back into a place of allowing myself to revise stuff. And we talked about this earlier. And, but I normally hear the finished product in my mind, right? Like I'll, I'll decide this is what I want the song to sound like, feel like. And, um, and I've definitely released a ton of music that never breached that standard. Um, but When I know it's done is when it matches closely with what I heard when I came up with the idea. When Mm -hmm. I came up with the idea, I was like, this is what I want this song to feel like, sound like, you know, all of, you know, I want inflections like this and I could hear it before I even write it. Like this is before I even finished the song. It was like I would come up with a concept and this is how it feels. And then once I hear that on the record, then it's done. I don't reach that space a lot though, just because either impatience or inability to execute or whatever ton of stuff never saw the light of day, but that's when I know it's finished is when it matches what I heard in my head, and I'm like okay this is this is pretty close to how I imagined it, and then i'll I'll stop at that point and then it really is about mixing and all that, but yeah, that's up well anyway, um artist process um so again uh if you are listening to this. We are the Mediums Podcast. I am G.I.
1: Listen, Lou. Yeah. And throughout the week. Yeah. I was thinking about what I wanted to say right now. So outside of my name, because I do know my name. But throughout the week, we do definitely want to engage with you all. So like he said, we're going to be posting. um, We're going to be doing different posts on the Facebook, on the Instagram. And we want to engage artists. We want to hear about your process. If you got if definitely if you have like weird. Yeah. If it's it's just out the box.
0: Right. And you, might not, you might not even know it's out the box. You might think it's normal, but just tell us about
1: and, and it. Pro- if you think it's normal, if you have to think it's normal, then it's probably not normal, and we want to hear about it. Yeah. So definitely, we try to engage with you all. And then, again, if you all know anybody that you feel like needs to be highlighted in our Mediums moment, please send it to our um, email at mediumspodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com Correct. or on any of our social medias so that we can definitely highlight those artists so we can make comments contact we definitely want to hear that so um again this is lissa lou i am gi this is mediums podcast all
0: right peace we out
1: all right